G'day and welcome to On The Road. My name's Scott Gibbons and On The Road is your show. It's a show where we, we travel, we go all around this great nation of ours, we talk about caravans, we talk about motorhomes, we talk about tents, places we can go, places we can see, places we can enjoy and it's just a fun show. So if you're ready to go on the road, I'm ready to go on the road, let's go on the road together, here we go. G'day, it is Scott Gibbons, we are on the road as of June the 1st. So it's getting closer and closer and closer. How good's that going to be? How good? So you may be thinking, be golly, we're, we're allowed out. I better go and get a caravan. I haven't had a caravan before. What's some tips and tricks on what to do? Well, travelaustraliaonline.com, they give us some terrific hints. And one of the things is to take it easy. Take it easy. One of the most important of all the towing tips, anyone towing a caravan, you've got to be relaxed, you've got to be calm, because you're on holidays, aren't you? So you've got to you've got to think about the highway speed you're going to be going. Maybe you want to limit your speed to around about 80 to 95k. That's considered to be safe and efficient. Now, efficient's very, very important because if you use, if you go up to about 110, they reckon the difference between 90k and 110k is, is 20k, but you use about another 30% of fuel. That's what they say. So, you know, efficient, that might be the thing to do. Then you've got to anticipate your road and traffic conditions. So being aware of what's happening up ahead will allow easier and safer stopping. So slowing down early when the vehicles in front are stopped at traffic lights, that allows time for that traffic to clear, meaning you might not need to have to fully stop. Maintain your momentum, make things easier on your brakes, make things a little bit easier on your vehicle, as well as saving some fuel. And then increase your travelling distance, so between yourself and the vehicle in front. That's one of the most important towing tips to make your towing experience safer. So it takes significantly longer, you've got to imagine this yourself, it takes significantly longer to stop when you're towing a caravan, due to the extra weight, you've got maybe an extra couple of ton, maybe more behind you. So the distance, you've got to increase that distance further and further, especially in wet and slippery conditions. And then, and then, you've really got to be alert for that cheeky mongrel driver that wants to sneak in and steal the space because you've allowed space, you've allowed braking space, but they want to slip in and out and do all those things. So especially on the the city and the town roads as you're negotiating traffic, you've got to be really, really alert for them. And that's where, of course, a front uh, camera comes in handy, you know, where you can you can film the idiots because if they do something too bad, you hand that film in and maybe that saves you a fine, maybe it saves you an insurance claim because you can prove that it wasn't your fault. Then, when you're overtaking another vehicle, remember you'll need much more distance, much more, when you're towing a caravan to overtake. So your overall length is increased and the vehicle's acceleration, your acceleration, is decreased, which means that you'll need to spend longer on the wrong side of the road. Not good, not good, so... <laughs> Allow for that, allow more overtaking space, bigger gaps, and then only overtake other vehicles, particularly trucks, in exceptionally safe circumstances. We've got to look after our truck drivers. We love our truck drivers. By golly, it's been proven, hasn't it? Without the truck drivers, the world stops. So best thing to do is to have an in-car UHF unit, set it on channel 40, that's the recognised truck channel, and then that'll allow you to advise the truck driver that you wish to overtake him and ask him if the road's clear ahead. 
So if, if you're overtaking, remember to keep your eyes on the road and not the truck. Now, I love truckies. I was heading out oh, a few weeks ago and I had a, a truck from Victoria, Willitson's, a truck from there. There was a car accident up ahead. We were only doing about 18, 20k and I had the windows down. And this truck came up beside me. I had the van on the back. This is when we were allowed to tow, just before they stopped it. And, and he yelled through the window. He said, mate, you've got a problem with your brakes. So the truckies, they look after us. So they might say, yeah, caravanners are a bunch of mongrels, da-da-da-da-da, but they're really good people too. So I sent Willitsons an email saying thank you to them. They're a truck company in Victoria, terrific. So there you go. Now, more towing tips. So when turning, make sure you swing wide. So going wider with your tow vehicle, that's really essential. And as the vehicle trails the car, it'll tend to cut the corner. So a quick glance in your mirror, that'll assist you in getting that right. So again, if you're getting a caravan first time around, go and do a towing course. Go and do it. You've spent so much money on the van, just spend a little bit more and do a towing course. Now, when you're pulling up and you're parking against the curb, remember that the caravan's likely to be wider than your tow vehicle. And that means you have to be aware of your caravan's proximity to the curb more than that of your car because you've got to be aware of excessive camber as well sideways slope on the road because it can cause the caravan to lean towards that side increasing the chance of hitting a light pole or a tree or a similar structure that may be close to the curb so yeah more space when you're coming up against the curb just allow for that because your van's going to be generally wider than your car. And then regularly monitor the traffic behind to be aware of any vehicle that may be wanting to overtake. So a single flash of your right indicator, that's the widely accepted method of letting the vehicle behind know that you consider it's safe for them to overtake. And then they can pull the little nose out, have a little look to make sure that uh, everything's fine as far as they're concerned and they're comfy. And as your caravan, because you know your caravan's wide, it can be blocking their view. So you've got to be courteous to the other drivers, pull over, allowing them to pass if you can, if you're holding them up, but only when it's safe to do so. And if your caravan begins to sway, remain calm and resist the natural urge to slam on the brakes because that's a natural urge, but don't do it. Don't do it. Instead, you can manually apply your caravan's electric brakes. If you've got the electric brakes, don't don't use the car brakes. Use the caravan's electric brakes or just gen- gently accelerate, depending on the circumstances. And sometimes just depressing your car's brake pedal slightly can activate the caravan brakes enough to stop it swaying, but using the trailer brakes is the good thing to do. So sensible driving, uh, loading heavier items of, of your caravan over the axles as low as possible, and sway controls also help to lessen the chance of caravan sway developing. Of course, you can use the gears on a tow vehicle too for engine braking. And that applies to both automatic and manual transmissions. It'll help you prevent brake fade and wear. And it's very helpful for maintaining control, and it's vital, vital on long descents. And of course, you've got to anticipate the hills and change down the gears early enough to maintain the revs. Now, if you've got an automatic, you can still reuse your automatic gears uh, manually. So, you know, if you're, if you're in top gear and you want to come down to, depending upon the number of gears you've got, you know, fourth or, or third, to give you that extra oomph up the hill, then you do it. So you've got it early enough, though, to maintain the revs. So it'll come naturally to drivers if you've got a manual car, then you know to do that. But if you've got an automatic, you can still do it. And then on dirt roads or roads where there's only one lane sealed, look ahead 
move to the left if another vehicle is approaching and if necessary, pull over and stop. It's not a matter of, you know, who's got the most pride. It's a matter of who's got the most sense. So pull over and stop. And that could prevent your car, windscreen and your caravan from being peppered by rocks. And of course, you've got to have your, your caravan checklist as well. There's lots of things you've got to do. Make sure that all your lights and everything are working properly. Make sure your bearings and brakes and tyres are good. After you've gone a little distance, stop and, and check the heat of your tyres and check the heat of your brakes. Just by putting your hand down there, you'll feel, you'll know if they're too hot or not. And that can be done when you're maybe stopping for lunch if you want to or a fuel stop. Always do that. It's one of those things you always do. And then you've got a towing checklist to ensure that everything's right to travel. So your your hitch is properly connected, your safety chains are properly connected, your caravan handbrake is disengaged, disengaged. You've got your roof hatches, they're all clipped down, your gas bottles are turned off, all your cupboards and drawers are shut properly, your jockey wheels up and off, your stabilising jacks are wound up, your step is pushed up, that's an important one, push that step up because they're lower. And then set your fridge to DC, secure the door, your door and windows are shut, your auxiliary battery charger is on, check your tyre pressures, including your spare, and check those items that you may have left outside. So, you know, but particularly the (laughs) the fridge catch, particularly check that and make sure your towing mirrors are all nicely set up, all done. So basically, if, if you've done all of that, then all of those things will soon become second nature. And don't be afraid... Of, of having a checklist. Make a checklist. Don't think, oh, no, that doesn't make me look professional. It makes you look super, super professional because we know that you're not just depending upon a little bit of luck of a memory. You've actually got your checklist there. And if you're a pilot and you're taking off on a plane, they've got a checklist. You don't, you don't jump on a, a private plane. You don't jump on a commercial plane without them doing a written checklist. So, you know, you're just as good as the pilots, I would reckon, because you're pulling all that weight around. You make sure you've got a written checklist. And, you know, I've got mine. I've got mine. I tried to do it the other way. No, 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 no. <laughs> get yourself a written checklist. Practice parking your van. Practice, just getting out and having a go. You'll, you'll find a lot of it's common sense, but get out and have a go. So thanks to Travel Australia Online for that. That's just terrific. And it won't be long before... We're out on the road, daytime's nighttime, we can have another night on the road. If you're going to have another night on the road, then you've got to listen to Sherbert singing. That Sherbert brought this out in about 1978. It's just a beauty. Another night on the road. Here, Sherbert, you enjoy it. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. We're on the road from June 1. It's going to be terrific. You enjoy, Sherbert. Here we go.
There's just a hotel room, an empty bed and chair, a radio for company. There's no one anywhere. But when tomorrow comes, another day, I'll be on my way. But when tomorrow comes, another day, I'll be on my way. Another night, another night on the road. Yeah, to rock, I'm gonna roll again. Another night on the road. Got to play another show again. Another night on my own. Ooh, yeah. Got to rock, I'm gonna roll again. Another night on the road. Got to play another show again. Another night on the road, eh, with Sherbet? Another night on the road. It won't be long before we can have another night and another night and another night. And maybe that road's going to take you to the Murray River. And if you haven't done a trip to the Murray, oh, you've got to get that on your list. Now, Stephen Guilford would be, oh, some time ago in Caravan and Motorhome. He did a story about a trip through the Murray, but uh, you've, you've got to do it because you've got a chuka. And if you haven't been to a chuka, oh, it's pretty. But the Murray River, it heads west and it forms the border between New South Wales and Victoria, and it's swelled up by the Darling and the Murrumbidgee Rivers, and it then turns south and disgorges itself into the Southern Ocean through the mouth of the Murray at Goolwa, and it makes it Australia's longest river at over 2,500 kilometres long. 2,500 kilometres long. That's a long, long river. So you'll find if, if you start your trip off, say, in Albury, in New South Wales, and Albury's a magnificent place. If you haven't been to Albury in some time, that's really worth a stop. And there's a big club in Albury, and I hope that it'll be open by the time you get there, but a fabulous club and terrific meals, just a beauty. So you'll have a good time, but you can start your tour off after the club, go down to the the information centre, and you'll find the staff there are just terrific. So that's all good. Uh, it's sited opposite the beautifully preserved historic railway station and the, the staff there, they'll have all the points of interest marked out for you so you will know where you're going. And then when you leave Albury along the Murray Way, turn off onto the Lake Hume Dam and there's barbecues and toilets and there's room to turn your van around and do whatever you want and there's pedestrian tracks and bicycle access, uh, bicycle access that's all there along the dam. And the Lake Hume Tourist Park, uh, it's nice and easy to get to, so you've got that. Uh, you'll pass the, the Bonagilla Migrant Centre. Now, at its peak, after World War II, it housed 8,000 migrants, 8,000. And the Bonagilla Migrant Experience gives an insight into the changes and challenges awaiting those people who were new to Australia. Now, then you've got Ludlow's Reserve, and that's terrific. You've got some barbecues there, and that's uh, on the High Country Rail Trail, so you can have a beaut time doing that. 
then uh, you'll find that you've got so much beautiful country around there. So it's it, great places to camp. So if you're coming down from Tumut or through Tumbarumba, you've got some great places to camp. But you've got the, Albury's got that country town architecture and it's got the, you know, the big turrets and the clock towers and um, you, you can do a self-guided historic building tour if that's what you want to do and I think you should but there's a short walk through the CBD you've got the botanical gardens it's just a magnificent place they've got the MAMA M-A-M-A which is the Murray Art Museum in Albury and and that's wonderful so it's the Albury Wodonga Weekly Farmers Market if that starts up again and I'm sure it will uh, then that's a magnificent draw card then you've got the River Deck Cafe, which is along the river walk at Nuriel Park. It's a great spot if you just want to catch up for a coffee or do whatever. You've got it all there. So, so much to do. You've got bistro dining in the club. You've got the Sailors, Soldiers and Airmen's Club. So much. You've got it all there. So you, you cross the Union Bridge over the Murray and then you can leave town and head towards Corowa, which is, which is just terrific. But you'll love having been... In Albury, but three kilometres out, then you turn into Crema Street, the boat ramp there, and you'll go along to the Wangira, uh, the trail. There's a cycle track there as well. Great place. If you've got a canoe and you want to launch it, that's the place to do it. That's a good spot. So, all there for you. Got good fishing if you've got your rod with you and you've got a license, then that's worthwhile doing it. So, entry's free to so many parts along the Wonga wetlands there. There's the small town of How Long, <laughs> and that's got some free camping if you need it, but I don't think we're going to do free camping now. I think we're going to look after our caravan parks and make sure that they're busy and they get some money back because, you know, after the fires and the drought, by golly, when, and then you've got this coronavirus, oh, let's look after them. I think that's a good thing to do. So you've got some golf. If you want to do golf, you've got some rowing. You've got all those things, everything there. Then you're going to get to Rutherglen. Now, Rutherglen is pretty. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's pretty. It, it's home to Australia's earliest wineries, or some of the earliest wineries, and they date back to about the 1850s. But you'll love Rutherglen, you will love it. So you've got vine-covered visitor centre, and that tells you that you're in the, the start of the Rutherglen white experience, uh, wine experience, and that'll leave you in little doubt as to what the flavour of the town is all about, because wine is a thing. It, it's home to Musket, which is the world's richest wine. So most of the cellar doors, when they're open again, most of the cellar doors are within about 15 minutes of the town centre. So if you want to, you can hire a bike, get some exercise and, and <laughs> just do the wobbly option if you like and get a little tipsy, but not too tipsy, not too tipsy. Uh, and, and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. But you can do, you can do tours. And one of the tours is called the, the little tipsy tour. <laughs> so it's worthwhile. Then downstream, uh, of 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 the Murray, you'll see uh, the completion of the weir, and that that was completed in 1939 at at Yarrawonga, and that provides water for the irrigation of the whole district. Then you've got Lake Mullawa, and that's a huge inland water attraction. Now, if you if you've got your camera with you, make sure you take some photos because some of the some of the old tree stumps and whatnot that hang out of the water there at different times of day, the shadows, and if you get a little bit of mist, a little bit of fog, oh, I'm telling you, the photos you're going to get, just, just wonderful. So then you've got the Yarrawonga Mullawa Information Centre, and, and that will be rewarding for you. You'll love that. That's a beauty. And then you've got, uh, there's different areas that you're going to go through. There's the Rich Glen Olive Estate. That's worthwhile. That's, uh, it's got treats for the whole family. 
You've got Forges Pump Lane that leads off the river, and that's wonderful. You'll do that. And then you're going to get to a, a brewery, the Hamilton Hume Crops up at the Biramine Homestead, which is one of the oldest in the country, Victoria. And it's now a brewery and a cider house and a cafe. So it was originally built uh, for a, a, the sister-in-law, uh, Elizabeth Hume it was built for, but the architecture, wonderful, wonderful architecture. And you've got so much there. You've got a whole view. The homestead's got octagonal rooms and enabling a, a clear view of the surroundings in the event of attack from bushrangers. So that's good. That's good to know. So everything's there. Then you go to Cobram and there's a detour up to the Goulburn Valley Highway to visit the big strawberry. Now, <laughs> the big strawberry. You've got to do that. That's fun for everybody. I mean, I love strawberries. You probably love strawberries too, so you, you might as well have that. You, the kids have got an indoor playground there. They can wander through the... You can wander through the man cave. You've got lots of memorabilia and museum, and you can just eat yourself silly if you want to on strawberry desserts and ice cream, and, and you'll taste the iconic strawberry cream liqueur. So, hey... You know, don't taste too much of it because the little policeman's around and he's looking to make a quid as well. So we've got to keep everybody safe. Then you get back on the Murray Valley Way and in the direction of Echuca and you're looking for something a little different. Well, you've got cactus country. <laughs> you might say that might spike your interest. <laughs> well, the result is one man's dream and a lot of determination. So there's eight garden trails that will take you on an unforgettable journey through 4,000 stunning Cacti. <laughs> 4,000 stunning cacti. That's, yeah, lots of succulents. Uh, and they've been collected from around the world. Now, if you want to, and I, I reckon this is worthwhile doing if you've gone and played with the strawberries, you can sip on a margarita in the Mexican-style cafe and you can have a piece of cactus cake. And if I do the cooking, that's how my cake turns out as well. So you've got all of that. So don't miss any of that. Don't miss any of that. So Murray Valley Way takes a a diversion from the river. It passes through the historic town of Nathalia and Broken Creek and runs through... Broken Creek runs through the town and provides a... Oh, a lovely little walking track. Lovely walking track. And then you've got the Barma Forest Heritage and the Education Centre. Uh, you can see that that's got a film in there that's narrated by a local yarn spinner and a bush poet, Tammy Muir. It tells the tales of the surrounding forest from there. And then you can cut across country to Barma and then you'll see the Barma National Park and the largest river red gum forest in the world. So Barma Lakes is fabulous. You can do some camping and canoeing there. And then from Barma, you go to the, the Cobb Highway and that'll take you through to Moama, over the Murray River and into Echuca. Now, Echuca, that, the name of Echuca means meeting of the waters. Now, if you haven't been to Echuca, I'm telling you, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. But it's a camera place. You've got to take your camera. If you remember years ago, they did uh, a TV show called All the Rivers Run. Well, it's pretty. You will love Echuca. So uh, it was, uh, Echuca was especially developed there because they, they, they made shallow draft paddle steamers which plied the river and they were constructed especially for that area there and they transported materials to pioneering pastoralists in the Riverina and then they returned to Adelaide with the wool clip and then that wall clip was loaded onto clippers and then sent back to England. And you're talking real history. This is beautiful. It's the importance of the river system. So it was relatively short-lived because the, the railroads came in and they just increasingly then pushed inland. But the port of Echuca 
and the Echuca Discovery Centre, oh, my lordy, lordy. It's just, they've created a real sense of the riverside bustle of the bygone era. So if you really want to do a lovely trip, that's a lovely trip for you. So you'll love Echuca. You'll love Echuca. It's a funky town. It's a funky town. If you're going to have funky town, you might as well have the Aussie group Pseudo Echo. You probably haven't heard this in a long time. This is Pseudo Echo. Now, this was number one in about 1986. It also went number one in New Zealand, number one in Canada, got to number six in the USA and number eight in the UK. Funky town. Aussie group. Pseudo Echo. You enjoy that. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. It's so good being with you. So good. This show's called On The Road. If you're on the road, love being on the road with you. Here we go. Pseudo Echo. You enjoy.
Pseudo Echo Funky Town. I'm telling you, when you want a funky town, you just go down to Echuca. You will love it. I've got another interview for you with Jacqueline Bold. Here comes Jacqueline now. G'day, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road, and today we're on the road again with the wonderful Jacqueline Bold. Now, you might you, you heard Jacqueline recently talk to you about insurance, and today she's going to be talking about a new subject, which is about buying vehicles privately. And there's so much for you to listen into, and I hope you listen in because you will learn. So if you want to contact Jacqueline, you can. It's 8544-8114. It's a 02 number, 8544-8114. And she's with Bold Trailer and Caravan Repair Centre. So she gets to learn firsthand exactly what she's talking about today. So you listen in. Jacqueline, what's what's the subject we're going to really talk about? What do you call it? Hey, Scott, today we're really talking about the buyer beware points. Buyer beware, exactly. Things that I have personally had customers come across because they didn't think to check when they were buying privately. So they're buying something privately, like a trailer, trailer, caravan, caravan, pop top, yep, whatever it be. Whatever it be, it's it's exactly the same with motor cars as well, but it's exactly the same. So. Uh, you know, obviously we're talking about being on the road, so it's, we're talking about a lot of caravans and camper trailers here. So we know that a lot of sales and purchases happen privately. Yes. You know, you see it on Facebook, it's Gumtree, eBay, buy, sell, swap sites, whatever it might be, and you take off in the car because someone's got the vehicle that you want and it looks really good in the photos. Yes. Fabulous. <laughs> but go shopping with your head and not your heart. Okay. Really critical. We get there, we see it, it's got all the bells and whistles we want, we want to buy it. The price almost seems too good to be true, <laughs> you know, or it seems fabulous. Or I hear time and again that she was such a lovely lady. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, um, fraudsters are of all ages and both genders. It oh, doesn't really? matter. Yes, you know, I've, I've heard the stories where I bought it from a lovely old couple. But what was purchased can never be registered in the country. So it was a waste of money. Oh, so how does that happen? Okay. <clears throat> so here's some really critical things. You go with your shopping list. You write down all the things that you want in a caravan or your camper trailer. And you go through and tick that they've got it. Or, you know, it's got the majority. So you, you have your, your wants list and then your needs list. So obviously needs is more essential than wants. Make sure it ticks them off. But what a lot of people forget to do is check if the vehicle has a compliance plate attached. So that should be on their list as well. That is so on that should the be on the essential list. Essentials. Yes. Like absolutely so top of the list wants, wants essentials. essentials. Yeah. Right. So you must have a compliance plate on the trailer, on the caravan, camper trailer, whichever one we're talking about here. Often you will find it in one of three places on a caravan. It may be in the front boot. Lift it up, look for it on the, on the wall inside the boot. 
it may be if you've got just like a side boot sometimes it's in there you've got to almost put your head in to have a look it'll be in there sometimes it's just inside the door often in the inside step of the caravan or just on the side of that, that cupboard that's often in there yeah they're the three places you'll typically find the compliance plate. Compliance plate on caravans aren't on the drawbar. People go, oh, but it's got like four or five, you know, numbers kind of spack welded over the top. That's just a chassis number. It means absolutely nothing for getting the caravan ah. registered. <clears throat> it's not the VIN number. Right. The so it's the VIN number the, that's important. The VIN number on the compliance plate and all the other details on the compliance and plate VIN is, is critical. V for Victor IN, which is vehicle identification number. Correct, yes. Right. And there's only one VIN number per vehicle. Correct. So that is its identification. That's that is, that's, that's its it. number. That's yeah. its, like you have a name and a date of birth and a Medicare number. The VIN number is just for that trailer, that caravan built to that okay. manufacturer on that date on that model. So before you look at how pretty it is and does it have all the features that you're wanting and hoping for, you check that first. That you might save yourself a lot of time. Correct. Right. And actually read it. Read the plate. It should be, you know, have the details of the manufacturer. Make sure it's all, you know, not just hand inscribed in, that it'll be a printed plate that might say Bailey's Caravan or Jayco or, yeah. you know, New Age, whoever the manufacturer might be. That's usually all printed on the outside of it looking all a bit pretty. And then it'll have VIN, V-I-N, and it's a 17-digit number, and it must be 17 digits. 17 digits. Those VIN okay. numbers are issued by the Department of Infrastructure in Canberra. So it's unique to that vehicle. It'll also have its tear weight and its GVM. Again, important before you go buying something, can you actually tow something that heavy with your car? Yes, so you need to make sure, because your little Honda may not be able to tow three and a half ton, but your Isuzu, can, you know, you know, might be happily tow the three thousand ton, you know, sorry, three thousand kilo vehicle that you're looking at. So, you know, again, that's just an out. offshoot. But make sure you can actually tow what you're looking at. Don't get blindsided yeah. by the bells and whistles. The other thing is, um, make sure you ask about the service history. Of yes. the caravan or the camper trailer. Yes. Now, this one, unfortunately, we find a lot of sellers lie about. <laughs> yes, she's been well-maintained. We've got customers that buy it and bring it straight in. We recommend that as soon as you buy a second-hand vehicle, caravan, camper trailer, whatever you've got your heart set on, take it straight to your trusty caravan mechanic and get it serviced. Because then you have a base level. You'll know exactly where you stand been pulled apart, your brakes, your bearings, your suspension, everything. Your, your, your mechanic, your caravan mechanic will tell you exactly where you are, what you're going with, what type of bearings you've got inside, what yeah. brake pads you're running, what calipers, drums, whatever you've got. You will then know what you have and that they're at a safe level. You're not crossing your fingers and praying that they were telling the truth. Now, I remember a story that you told me some time ago about a little old couple that had sold trailer or whatever it was mm -hmm. and they're a lovely couple and the people were so happy to buy from them and they gave them the registration papers correct and then what happened then <clears throat> it, so the customer came in told us this story that they bought the caravan of their dreams from this lovely old lovely lovely old couple they kept saying there was no compliance plate on it oh so no vin number oh nothing just a, just a caravan I said, oh, we've got the rego papers. I said, okay, well, that means that 
when it goes through, it was unregistered vehicle as well. So we would have to put it through unregistered vehicle check for the size it was, it was a blue slip. When it goes through the blue slip, if it passed on the safety side and it passed on the design check, a blue slip's made up of three sections, it would fail on the identity check because there's no compliance plate, no VIN number, nothing on it. But they had the rego paperwork. So we could fail it, refer it to the VINs unit, which are the expectors for RMS, and very small team, and they're the only ones that are allowed to do this, would then go out and inspect it and see if they could match it up to the old rego papers they'd been given. It's at their discretion whether they say yes or no. Before we even got to that point, they came in for the inspection, handed me the rego papers they had, and within 60 seconds, I had to tell them that the, re the rego papers they were being given did not match the caravan they had oh bought at dear. all. Oh dear, so they'd been scammed. They'd been scammed. So if the vehicle doesn't have, the caravan, the trailer, whatever it be, doesn't have the VIN number, doesn't mm -hmm. have the VIN plate, yep. then, Walk or away. compliance plate, then and they've bought it, what have they actually bought? They've bought a lemon, an unregisterable vehicle, basically. Unregisterable. We can cannot try, be towed, cannot be driven. Cannot be anything on the road. So it's, really it's, it's a nothing. glorified garden ornament or something for the property at the farm. Wow. So it cannot be in any state of Australia. In any state of Australia. So that's that's the lesson. That's, that's the, the lesson. lesson. So it's a harsh take lesson. Take your wish list, your want list, everything. But before, before you even walk in the door, check the compliance plate. Yep. And the people should have the registration plate or the registration certificate it there and yep. check those numbers that they match. The same 17 number VIN number should be on the registration. Correct. So if the vehicle is registered, it must have a compliance plate on it, no matter what the age. If it's and like a vintage, vintage 50s, 60s, 70s, might be a little bit different. Ring me and have a chat with me first about that. Well, that's a whole other conversation. Make sure it must have a compliance plate, must have the VIN number stamped into the chassis of the drawbar. So 17 digits stamped in, punched in on the drawbar to match the VIN number on the compliance plate and the rego paperwork and all the details match. The make, the model, the VIN number and the details on the compliance plate will be identical to what's on the rego paperwork you're given. If they don't match, seriously ask yourself, are you willing to throw whatever money you were looking at spending down the drain? If the answer is no, walk away. I'm hearing you. So if you want to find out more, if you want to have your vehicle service, that's a repair or servicing or modification done, even new bearings done, then give Bold a call. Bold Trailer and Caravan Repair Centre. I'll give you the number again. It's 028544-8114. Again, 028544-8114. And they will help you. You've just been sensational, Jacqueline. My absolute pleasure. Thank you again. Ah, oh, isn't Jacqueline fabulous? I think she's just fabulous. She knows so much. And you've got to make sure that you do check your VIN number, do check your registration papers, because if you don't, most people I know would think that you're crazy. And most people I know that think I'm crazy would be sung by Billy Thorpe. So let's have a little bit of that. Make sure you check that VIN number and get those registration papers and all the other things that Jacqueline advised you to do. Here we go, Billy Thorpe.
Some people I know think that I'm crazy. And isn't that true? And they think you're crazy if you want to go camping in winter. But if you haven't been camping in winter, oh, I'm telling you, you're going to love it. You're going to, but you've got to stay warm. You have to stay warm. So, But you'll, you'll find this winter, like there'll be a lot of vans out there, I reckon. There will be a lot. So you've got to make your caravan a little bit cosy. So there's, there's little point... <laughs> In, in owning an asset like a caravan or motorhome if you don't keep it warm. So I remember Trina Morris wrote a, a beaut article 
some little time ago about uh, cold busting tips and these are just so good so the essentials are, are what you need so having your van warm is important so that's insulation so if you can make sure that your van or the van that you buy is well insulated through the walls and through the ceiling and through the floor uh, then that's a, a beaut thing to do uh, under floor insulation is one of the best things that you can have because that's where the cold comes up it comes up from the ground and comes up so if you can protect the floor your underfloor area oh that's beautiful so you got to if you can if you can if you're renovating your van or you're getting a new van you can get double glazing now and you can add heavy duty curtains which will restrict the transfer of, of your beautiful warmth to just outside <laughs> So check your door seals, your window seals, your skylight hatch and your slide-out seals, if you've got a slide-out, for drafts. But don't cover, and this is really, really, really important, do not cover your ventilation panels because those little vents, they're there to ensure circulation of fresh air and they can be totally life-saving in the event of a gas leak. So don't cover those up. Just accept that little bit of fresh air coming in. That's a beautiful thing to have. One of the things to allow for, though, is, is under many caravans and motorhomes, under the bed, is this great big cavernous area for underbed storage. Now, and that's terrific because we love storing stuff. It's one of the things that we do. We don't like to store too much, but nevertheless, it's there. But that's where a lot of the cold comes from. So if you can insulate the underside of your bed base or lift your mattress up and put down a, <clears throat> pardon me, another blanket, uh, or put down a, uh, you know, one of those foil sheets, you know, those foil stay warm sheets, so you put those down, and that'll further insulate you from the nighttime chills coming up from the ground, and then through your back, so, and then change your summer weight polyester doona, if you've got one of those, into a winter weight, if you can get a duck down one, a duck, that would be terrific, uh, put some throw rugs on the floor, but that'll add some more insulation and take away that chilly feel, and then for independent winter touring away from the powered sites, if, you, if you're doing that, then you, you should consider putting in a, a diesel or a gas heating system. So you'll talk to somebody special about doing that. And if you're anywhere near Bold, then that's who you go to. You go to Bold Trailer and Caravan Repair Centre. They'll install a gas heater for you. They'll install a diesel heater for you, whatever you want. So the running cost, they say, they say that diesel heaters are slightly cheaper to run than gas units. They say, <laughs> but then there's a, a small dedicated diesel tank. That's that's terrific. It's efficient storage. It's easy to refill from your jerry can. And diesel heating conserves your limited gas supply for hot water and your fridge and your stove and your oven and your barbecue and whatnot. Now, as far as noise and smell goes, uh, they're, they're similar, similar. So, you know, you might find ones are purring a little bit more than the other one. Uh, and then one day the other one's purring a little bit more. So, you just work out which one you're comfy with. Ask some friends, find out what they've got, see if they're happy, you know, follow their lead. If they're happy, that's terrific. Uh, diesel heaters generally have a, a final thermo or a finer thermostat setting than gas heaters. But in efficiency, efficiency in sub-zero temperatures, uh, you can prevent diesel waxing issues if you add about 10% kerosene to the tank. So that's something to take on board for you. Now, to protect yourself from the wind... And the cold, when you're camping, consider what they term solar gain. And that allows the sunshine to pour into your van in the morning. And then you close the blinds and draw the curtains early to reduce the heat loss once the sun goes down. 
And then if you park so that you're protected, so the wind's not hitting your van, so let's say there's a, a strand of trees or whatever, then that will give you maximum shelter from what they term <laughs> Arctic blasts. So you carry plenty of snuggly throw rugs to use when you're relaxing outside in your camp chairs because that's clever. And if you're going to stay in one place for more than a couple of days, you might consider setting up an annex to provide extra shelter for you and if you've got your puppy with you or whatever. Uh, good footwear is essential. Good footwear, your, your barbecue, of course, your camp equipment, your, all your play things. But the additional shelter dramatically reduces the amount of cold air or rain whipping through your door every time it opens because you're protected by the annex. And if you want an annex, then of course you go to Annex Solutions. Annex Solutions. Good friends of ours. They're terrific people. So you make it cosy. And and then outside, you can have a portable gas heater. I've got one of those, a little portable gas heater that's that's outside. So, you know, if you're outside and you can't, you can't, uh, you know, you find any proper firewood, then the little gas heater's there and that's just lovely. It's a beauty. And then you can lay down some flooring if you want to. You know, those, those lightweight foam squares, they take up nearly any space. Uh, and that's a, that's a good thing. If you put a draft skirt around your van, that's another thing. And again, if you need a draft skirt made, you go to Annex Solutions. Annex Solutions, beautiful people. And then don't forget that camping, uh, there's an art in layering your clothes. So quality outdoor clothing, it opens up a whole new world for touring during the colder months, of course it does. And then if you dress in multiple thin layers of breathable, non-absorbent fabrics with a wicking layer against your skin and a, and a wind and waterproof outer layer, and then don't forget, don't neglect your head or your neck or your hands and your feet because that's where you get significant heat loss is what they term your extremities. So you know, get healthy, get warm. If, if you're getting cold, go and do some exercise, go for a walk. If your toes are nearly ready to fall off, <laughs> don't let them do that. Take them for a brisk walk because that'll increase your metabolism and the energy and the expenditure of your muscles creates warmth. And, and that's beautiful. And you haven't had to provide any other heat source, just that, that sprint, if you will, that little brisk walk. So, and then pop a jacket. If you've got a pet, you've got a pet, then uh, you know, make sure you've got a little jacket for them because they would love to have that too. Now, speaking of loving to have something too, I've got a recipe for you. Now, this recipe is so simple. Grab your pencil, grab your pencil. But this, we've been getting terrific feedback, feedback, ha ha, off, off the recipes that we've been giving you. But this is, uh, I, I make this, I, I would probably make this for myself a couple of times a week. It's one bowl, a single bowl. So I, I just call it a single bowl cheese omelette. And, and it's, you just grab an egg, crack the egg, put that into the bowl, put in a splash of milk, whisk that around. You know, so as you're making a little omelette, just whisk it around. Put that in the microwave for about a minute, a minute ten. Then just add a, open up. Open up your, your microwave oven, put in a cheese slice, take it out of the plastic, of course, put in a cheese slice, and then microwave that again for about another oh, 15 seconds or thereabouts. And magic, you've got yourself a cheese omelette, one bowl. Washing up is super easy. So you've got your bowl and your splade, whatever you're going to use, and you've got a cheese omelette. And, you know, terrific. Just, ter and I love it. I love it. I love it. In fact, I could have one right now. If we're going to have one right now, I reckon Johnny O'Keefe should sing it to us. Here's right now. Johnny O'Keefe. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. You're on the road. Gee, I love being on the road with you. This is so good. I'm feeling energised again. We're about to be let loose. So here we go. Right now, Johnny O'Keefe. You enjoy that.
on here, come on here, let me hold you. We're alone, all alone. Well, I let my love in arms and hold you. Be my own, be my own. Right now, 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 now. Yes, I need you, and how mm, I can't live without your love. Just be strong and so wrong. If you make me wait too long, baby, now, 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 now. Oh, yeah, right now, Johnny O'Keefe. So don't forget that recipe, so simple. You just get a bowl, an egg, splash of milk, whisk it away, uh, whack it in the microwave for about a minute or so, uh, open up the microwave, add a slice of cheese after you take a little bit of plastic off, microwave it again for another 15, maybe 30 seconds over to you, and it's magic. You've got yourself a cheese omelette in a bowl ready to go, you don't need plates, you don't need anything else. Just super, super simple, easy as brekkie. And it's a nice hot brekkie as well. So what about, what about, because we're going to escape. Now, Queensland's playing hard to get, aren't they? Queensland's playing hard to get along with. I don't know what's going on. The rest of the world's opening up. Queensland's saying no. But Ralph and Catherine Daniels, oh, they were talking about, they did a beaut article on travel through the Harvey Bay area up to Cameron Corner. Oh, whoa, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. So from the coast, the Harvey Bay, that's got a special place in the heart, if you will, of, of the grey nomads and their families because outside school holidays, the place just focuses on the needs of the nomads and it's got a very beautiful, a very mild climate and it's, it's well set up to just make everyone happy. And you've got beautiful caravan parks, you've got everything going for you. So you can throw a line in the water up there if you want to do that. And, and there's beautiful things happening. But you've got commercial caravan parks. People are happy. It's a beaut place. But one of the outstanding features of Harvey Bay, of course, is the beachside esplanade. It's, and they've, they've got the, like an army of council workers up there who maintain that whole area just for the enjoyment of the locals and the visitors alike. So while strolling through the park along the beach, you've got a short jump across the road and you've got restaurants and chipperies and cafes and bars and pubs and whatever you want. It's there, I reckon. So you've got some some everything that you want to do. And then along the main centre, you've got some tourism areas for Harvey Bay. and But the surrounds are worth a visit too because not far north from there is Burham Heads and that's just a tranquil little place, tranquil. You'll love it. 
So you've got some great fishing there as well. And then south of Burham, Burham Heads is, is Tagoom. And that's a little village on the coast, and that's got some beautiful restaurants around there as well. And then Harvey Bay, of course, is the it's the jumping off point, if you like, for so many to get to Fraser Island. That's where you start. You start at Harvey Bay's Harbour or or nearby Riverheads, and the barge is transporting you and your four wheel drive and all your gear across to the island, and then you roll off the barge. And it's just that's just the start of just a great adventure. So if you haven't done Harvey Bay, you could do Harvey Bay and then you jump across to Fraser Island. I'm telling you, I think it's the largest sand island in the world. And the water there, the water in the lakes, oh, and you don't wear, you don't, you don't put any sun cream on in the lakes because the lakes are so pristine. You just don't want any sun cream on them because they are that beautiful. So you've got it all. And then down the roads you've got Maryborough. And that's nestled on the Mary River. And then uh, that was the home of Mary Poppins. <laughs> Just a little bit of trivia there for you. So then you've, you've got so much going on. After Maryborough, I remember we bought a bed in Maryborough. So it's uh, physically bought a bed and had it shipped down here. Yeah, a beauty, an old iron bed. So then you head west and you go towards Bingenden. Uh, which is just oh, green paddocks. It's near the road, uh, framed by mountains on the horizon. It's picturesque. It's just beautiful. So Bickenden, it's located on the Isis Highway, and you've got so much, and you've got you've you've got so many things. All the advantages that a little town has to offer to make the life of an RVer happy. And of course, then you can go a little slight detour. You've got a general route there, but the size of the city and the magnificent Lockyer Valley, oh, that's worthwhile just doing that. It's worthwhile just doing that. So then you follow the route south along the New England Highway that heads towards Toowoomba. And then shortly after passing through Hampton, just before Toowoomba, you've got a lovely surprise. You've got replica buildings from Germany's Black Forest area. And you've got free access to a huge display of traditional German wood carving art. And that's found, if you want the cuckoo clock, if you want to do that, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. And then the, the view from Picnic Point in Toowoomba, well, that gives you just a bird's eye view over the whole spectacular highway all the way through. It's just wonderful. And then you've got technology. You've got, you've got, you've got the lot. Picnic Point, that gives you a fantastic view of the Lockyer Valley. You've got to do this. And then when you leave the big smoke behind, the, the journey continues towards St. George. Oh, St. George is magic. We were there not too long ago. St. George is just, and there's wineries in St. George. You're, it's a small town, very nice park near the visitor centre, adjacent to the main highway, shady area, good water, nice little walk into town, but, but a fabulous place, St. George. But you've got to go to the winery there. Got to go to the winery. And I think from memory, not far from there was a, a, um, a Cobb and Co. stop. Oh, you've got to see that. So from Dolby, the Mooney Highway heads towards St George. And uh, good idea, if you can go to the Gully pub, which is about 30k south on the Carnarvon Highway, it's located right near the river. It provides a huge area so you can park. That's all there. But it gets a great number of visitors who go, because it's an iconic pub. It's an iconic pub. If you want to swap a story, that's the place you go. If you want a drink, you go there. But their specialty... This specialty, the Nindigali Pub. You've got to get your mouth around it. And if you can't get your mouth around the, the way that you say Nindigali, then you won't get your mouth around their six kilogram hamburger. 6K, six kilogram hamburger. It includes 1.3K of a meat patty, 
uh, which can feed one to six people. So you're right. It's, it's just, it's huge. It's a huge, huge hamburger. Then you go along to the Boulogne Highway, about 120k, that brings you to Bolin, and that's just a small community, very proud heritage, friendly attitude. The people are lovely. But you've got a, a heritage museum, and, and the visitors, oh, they'll give you just a, a great insight into the region's interesting area. It's a big old charcoal cooler that they've got there on display. Uh, that was used when there was no other means of refrigeration. So that just, just wonderful. So you've got so much going on there. You're going to have a great time. And, of course, the last big township with regular services is Cunnamulla. That's a charming outback town. We played the Cunnamulla fella for you a few weeks ago with Slim Dusty. We did that, the Cunnamulla fella. If you haven't heard that, go on to YouTube, put Cunnamulla fella, C-U-N-N-A-M-U-L-L-A. Great, great song. So the town's location is sensational. So then after you go to Thargaminda, which is the last town on that route, and then the population just dwindles away. The population just dwindles away and the country becomes wilder and the and, and it's where the signposts start for directions to Cameron Corner. So you'll have a little bit of a dusty drive there, but you get to Cameron Corner and that's terrific. That's where South Australia and New South Wales and Queensland all meet. So you really, Cameron Corners, where you've got three states all adjoining. It's wonderful. So there's a pub there, or a shop there, a little corner store, but they'll give you a beer, or sell you beer anyway, so you can wash down the dust. And if you want to, you can play golf in the three states. So you can visit the three states, but you can play golf on the three states. It's called Tri-State Round of Golf. So that's really worthwhile. I think that's something terrific. You've got to do that. Got to do that. Uh, and it, the other thing you've got to do is contact, because it, you, you no doubt need a set of drawers in the back of your four-wheel drive or you need something to make things easier to pack, in which case you go to ORS. So get your pencil out because this is called Off-Road Systems. Off-Road Systems. Graham's the fellow there. Now, I'll give you a phone number. It's an 02 number, 4647 six three double two four six four seven six three double two so whatever you want if you want the back of your car your back of your four-wheel drive or your ute or whatever sorted they manufacture they manufacture they build these are not things brought in from china no 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 this is manufactured you can go to his factory see them do it but he specialises in other things too. So all your power management equipment, if you want dual batteries or DC to DC chargers or a solar power setup or an inverter or 12-volt battery monitors, whatever you want. But their products, they're strong, they're quality, they're affordable, they're great looking. I got mine from Graham. Gee, I bought mine, I would say, oh, eight or nine years ago. I still don't have a squeak. I've done a lot of four-wheel driving, and I still do not have a squeak. They are terrific. If you want aluminium drawers, he'll do them in aluminium for you too, because they're just a little bit lighter. So if you want those, you do it. So Off-Road Systems, you go to their website, Off-Road Systems, one word, O-F-F, roadsystems.com.au, offroadsystems.com.au. You talk to Graham, and I'm telling you, you will be so happy, but he'll give you a tour of the factory. They actually make stuff there, which is just terrific. Now, I reckon we're all going to hit the road. Do you reckon we're all going to hit the road? Now, Queensland's been a bit slow, so there you go. You can put that on your list and away you go. But I think it's not going to be long before somebody rings you up and you're just going to tell them you're not home. And Normie Rowe does that. 
You can ring Normie Rowe, but tell him I'm not home. So you listen to Normie Rowe, you do this. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. I love being on the road with you. It is so terrific. You look after our sponsors. Give Graham a call at Off-Road Systems. I, I think you'll really enjoy what they do. Uh, bold trailers. You just go into bold trailer caravan. You'll just love them. Whatever repairs you want, they will do them for you. And and then if you need an annex, annex solutions, they are great. If you want a caravan, paravans up there at Windsor, paravans at Windsor, terrific people. Look, we've got so many sponsors. Hey, if you know somebody who wants to advertise on the show, get them to send us an email. Just get them to send us an email. Send it to scott at mrsold.com.au. Scott at mrsold, M-R-S-O-L-D.com.au. I will make sure that we find space for them. We'll look after them. And if they're good and if they're Aussie, then by golly, we just look, love looking after the Aussie. So until next time, hey, it's Scott Gibbons are on the road. And we are on the road. Come June 1, we're back on there. Get ready. Get out there and wash the truck. Wash your car. Wash your van. Get ready. We're hitting the road again soon. Okay, we'll see you next week. Every time I call you on the phone They tell me that you're not at home But last night when I called you before I said hello I could hear you, hear you Playing in the background, in the background. Oh yeah